Hello, beloved When Will It End listeners. This is Josh going solo. This is a crazy time in the world. It's a scary time in the world. Things are changing very rapidly and plans are being moved around. We had worked hard on a series that now has changed its release date for its next installment. So in lieu of that series, we're going to pivot and we're going to put together a new special series for you guys out there listening. So please stick with us. We're going to be with you podcasting weekly. Things are going to sound and be a little different, but... We got you on this one. You're going to like what we're going to do. And please stick with us and all the love to everyone out there during the scary time. All right. Now enjoy an episode of podcast. Hello and welcome to When Will It End? It's a movie podcast. We watch the movies. It's a franchise it's, it's now podcast. Our, our slogan. We watch the just, movies. It just became our slogan. Well, we, you know, we watch the movies. Sometimes truth comes from the mouths of the mouths of babes. Italians. Italianos. We watch the movies. Imagine if Blade went to freaking Italy. Yeah, we can only hope and Blade Trinity oh gets over there. I mean, what what better? It's where the Trinity started. It's true, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, Vatican. Father, Son. Ryan Reynolds. Exacto Mundo. Good telling. We're, we're watching the Blade movies right now, and we just got done Blade 2. We're not a sure Guillermo if we're del Toro joint. Watching Blade movies, though. It feels like we're watching other movies. Yeah. Other yeah. movies by other people. You know, we went into this being like, well, same screenwriter. Yeah. That's got to be, that's got to, hopefully they're not going to drive this off a cliff. We are hopeful. We were hopeful, and uh, you know, it's kind of like the Dread Lord of Vampires' elaborate plan to get Blade or something. He was hopeful that by getting get Blade to work with his team of bloodthirsty Blade hunters led by his daughter to find the Reapers, who sure. are hybrid mutant vampires who feast on bl- vampires, but were in fact created by vampires and are the children, in a way, of the Dread Lord of Vampires. That would lead Blade back to the place where he already was at the beginning of the movie again. And then he could kill Blade. Wait, so I you think. just explain that to me. Can you can you have another scene explain it to me again? Well, Gamal yeah, does a, like to make sure we understand what's going on. First off, I want to point out one thing that's good about this movie. Yeah, that's fine. What's that? There was so much Blade in Blade. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were being serious. There was so much Blade Come in Blade. On, and I was like, what if there was... Not as much blade, and and he was sort of weird and didn't do very much. And... Yeah, what what if what if he's on vacation? What if we? Uh, this is I, I feel like this is the closest equivalent so far that we've reached the 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 Wesley Snipes in this is like Wesley Snipes is to Blade Two as fucking Michael Caine is to Jaws Four. No, full autopilot is the yeah vibe, for well, sure. What the fuck? And it's not even really his fault because I'm sure like. Guillermo del Toro is so fucking crazy. Like he had Del Toro had his hand on his dick the entire fucking movie, being like, "Fucking blood cocaine, fucking blood." Hold on, hold on, hold on. The blood cocaine was cool. Troop, yeah, but like when you add it to six hundred other like tiny bullshit things, like my little fucking pink girl and the the like weird. He adds so much detail to everything. It loses details are great when they're like little moments that help make a place feel real when all it does is make it feel like the director is fucking jerking off over the entire okay. set. The first movie is gritty, 
this movie yeah. is garish. Yeah. Everything garish. feels like it's too much. Uh-huh. It's definitely, you know, the thing about world building is that it's, I love the idea of seeing more of the vampire world. That's really cool. Sure. I love seeing fun. more of the internal dynamics of the vampire dynasty. Yeah. That's interesting. I actually, as a, an absolute nerd, reading an elaborate history of European diplomatic trials and travails in the 17th century right now, I actually get off on that stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. This is dumb and boring. Yeah. And done poorly it's and good. very irritating. We're going to have to figure out how to make this episode fun. Well, we're going to find a way to make it fun. But first, I want to read a quote to you. Oh, yeah? What and is this is it? something that I was thinking about watching the movie. Can't wait. You are ugly, but you are beautiful. And you fight like a Thark. (laughs) (laughs) You know who said that? (laughs) Tall's Tarkus. Tall's Tarkus. And I need to issue to our listeners a huge apology. (laughs) I have been calling the Tharks the Therns. And I realize now that the Therns are the goddesses' helpers who are the clandestine agents of chaos represented by Mark Strong. Yeah, Mark Strong. That's a thern? I, that, those are therns. <laughs> Tars Tarkus and his ilk. Is a Tark. Is a th- or it's Tharks. a Thark. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I've done a disservice. You know what? We've had three weeks. Yeah. To make sure, or four? We've had a lot of weeks. I miss Greek salad, man. <laughs> he used to set it straight. He would have hated this movie. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you hated him. I would put Blade Two in the Alien Resurrection. Yeah. You said earlier it's like aliens, and you're right in the sense that they're like, what if things were even crazier and there was a team? Why do directors think the wildest shit you can possibly imagine in a sequel is a team? Yeah. So I heard this story. Yeah. It might be fake, but I'm going to tell it to you. Call it apocryphal. That sounds like, that is more of a gravitas to it. But then I was like, wait, it sounds sounds apocalyptic. Well. I just don't say it. But apocryphal. mm. Might be apocryphal. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Del Toro walks into a meeting with a bunch of big fat cats. <laughs> They're all wearing suits, chomping cigars, sitting around a big long table. Sharkskin suits, I bet. Yeah, he gets up to the front of the room and they're like, so what's this Blade business? You're taking over Blade. What you going to do? You're taking a long walk, but I love where we're coming. <laughs> he writes Blade with numeral two. Dollar sign. Dollar signs it. Blade Fucking dollar juice. signs it. And then they're like, oh, we just had that meeting with uh, Cameron, but yeah, sure, whatever, man. I go crazy, motherfucker. Yeah, you, you want to have a fucking troop of six vampires that all dress differently? Go for it. There's so many I don't crimes understand. in this movie. Okay, so many crimes in this movie. The most egregious is, okay, fine, we're going to water down the movie by having there be a team of people, oh, which geez. is already a terrible idea. Okay, again, you watch Blade, and you're like, well, what works about this? And it's like, well, he's hmm. steely, cold, independent. His alliances are forged entirely. Like, there, there's emotion, but it's largely convenience, because he's a driven, like, sociopath who has a single goal. Yeah. And his relationships matter to him, but they clearly are not what govern his choices. Right. Oh, there's lots of things. He's complicated. Right. He does good, but not for the right reasons. He, he does- he's driven by revenge and a sense of reclaiming his identity that was stolen from him. He does bad. He has a hard time acknowledging people that are important to him, but he does understand it. He just doesn't like talking about it. He has a father figure that goes unnamed as, as a, a father, father figure. figure. Which, wisely, they course-corrected this Really movie. nice. Oh, my God. I wasn't quite sure what to make of uh, Whistler. About his relationship with the older man who raised him? Oh, remember in this movie when there was a flashback of 
Whistler killing himself. But he, hold I on. I thought they were going to have like a, like did, did a they re-edited. They didn't even edit it. They no, just, they did. The, oh, gun, the gunshot's louder in this one. Right. I noticed Which, that. Because it was kind of quiet in the first one. It was quiet. I liked that in the first one. Yeah. But so like they made the gunshot even more pronounced and they never told us, wait, so he shot himself in the head. But didn't but die didn't and then die. was turned into a vampire. I guess maybe he was too late. Maybe he's already a vampire. This is a fucking uh, irritating ass movie. Um, anyway, okay, so basically they're yeah. saying, let's take this complicated, interesting guy who, with very little dialogue, communicates a great deal about his inner pain and turmoil, and behind that stoic mask we see a man who's deeply conflicted. What if we plug him into a quirky team Sure, and That's give them exactly it. an aimless mission that leads them into set pieces that are so boring? There are the three. two The two that I'm thinking of, the club sequence, which is dreadful, <laughs> and, the, and the sewer sequence, which is full of... Questions so annoying that I hate having to ask them. Yeah. Oh my god. This movie introduces so much stuff that is immediately undercut by plot convenience in a way the first movie did not at all. How Nothing you... about the first movie was convenient. It's like a grim grind of a movie. It's How do you awesome. want to do this? Do you want? So I, I, I said we have two options ahead. They of killed us. Donnie. They showed us Donnie the and they bounce. killed Donnie. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Okay. Do you want to do this by? I think let's start at the beginning because well, the beginning is truly terrible. Was well, do we want to go by scene or by character? Because I think there's those are two approaches we could take to this episode. We could talk about the ways the characters got fucked up, or we could talk about each individual scene, and that will also get us how the characters are fucked up. But maybe focus us in set pieces. I'm not sure. Let's do it by scene. Yeah, I think that's better. okay. So we established the movie. We left off in Moscow with Blade being a fucking badass and and, and yeah. getting ready to slay some Russian. You want to learn what that? That the Russian word for comrade isn't comrade. What is it? I don't know. He said a different word, and the subtitle said comrade. I wouldn't necessarily take Blade Two as the. Uh... No, it was Blade. His first one. Uh... Like his last one, it was like, "Come eat my cock, comrade," or something. That's it. It's the yeah. famous last line of Blade. Come eat said, my cock, comrade. It was like being with a D. Wow. Whatever the fucking Russians use instead of a D. Fucking well, yeah, I guess there's no way of knowing. So you know, move you on. You know the letter move that on. looks like a B. Yeah, it's, the it's like a backwards under lowercase B. B. It's not a fucking B. God, Cyrillic, Cyrillic be crazy. Yeah, what fucking assholes. Too much. Okay, so we're in we're in uh, Prague or something or some horrible European place, and you know <laughs> who cares? Full of white people dancing with their elbows. No, you're jumping so far ahead. But we guess that that scene, the club's dancing scene, is the most. And now do this. Well, there's no music playing I've ever seen yes. on a movie set. Yeah, totally. Okay, you're having fun. <laughs> like in the, in the first movie, the club we scene. Have never that's had Tracy fun. Lords, the porn star, leading that guy into the dance. In the first movie, I found I don't out. Know Tracy Lord, she's a porn star. Yeah, super cool. Um, the first, the the, dan- the club scene in the first movie, like the the bloodbath party, Hell is yeah. fucking so sick, iconic, and it's sexy and wild and threatening. Yeah, and, and the the Euro, the watery Euro version of it that we get in this is fucking whack. Anyway, we're starting from the beginning. Okay, we'll get to that. Scene. Okay, we'll first off, ever- okay, imagine it's Blade. Everything looks like shit and it's stupid. <laughs> That's the subtitle. Yeah. Blade two. Um, everything is like colorful, and there's too much detail, and it's distracting. And the cool grit and grain, and the Michael Manny quality of the first movie that makes it so urban and 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 hip and interesting is completely lost, and it looks like a bad theater production of like fucking Amelie. Um, there's a blood bank. This this guy goes to the blood bank, and he's and he's like, and they're like, your blood's pretty crazy, buddy yeah. man. Come to the special torture room, and he's like, yeah. psych, I actually eat vampires. That's crazy. Yeah, Bonnie Vera's munch, there. Munch, munch, munch. Blood banks him. <laughs> that EP is where I started to think maybe 
I can't remember like that, that album very much. I can't remember how it sounds. I think I was think, singing some other song. I wish that this this movie had more Bon Iver in it. That'd yeah, be fucking tight. that'd be cool. I mean, I yeah. don't think he was really doing much at that point, but... He's probably all swimming in his daddy's nutsack. <laughs> yeah, he's not that young. No, he's, he's old as shit. He should die now. He's older than me, I think. Uh, this movie's bad. The, the, okay. the, the thing about the first movie that... Okay, I'm going back to the scene thing, so don't be, don't be mad yeah. at me. Don't be mad at me. Mad. The, don't be mad at me. Please don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at you. I feel no emotion. I'm not going to feel emotion yeah. until tomorrow. Well, it's good to make that commitment now. I mean, I, I have no choice. I just watched that. It was very bad. I just saw I sucked out. I'm so bored. in the first movie, what did we say? Do you remember what I said about the first movie that I liked so much about Blade, the character? Yeah, I remember all that. We just okay. said it do, all. Right, yeah. No, but specifically I said, there's one thing that they don't do in this movie that's great. What's that? Voiceover. Yeah. Very early on in Blade 2, we get a big old dose of voiceover. Who does the voiceover? That's Wesley Snipes. That is Wesley Snipes. And he goes literally, oh, right. yeah. I'm Blade. You may remember in the first movie when the following events happened. And you're like, wait, no, they're not doing it. Last week on Blade. Yeah, right. And then like, here's the thing. You know, we're talking about franchises. This is not how you make a sequel. This is not how you make a sequel. Like, you again. summarize the first. If you need, if there are plot points that are important, which, first of all, bringing back a character that people liked that died for a purpose in the first one. No, but the Emperor Palpatine, they rise of the Skywalkers. Yeah. Where if the revelation late in the movie is, oh my God, Whistler's a fucking vampire, that would be so sick. Right. And instead they're like, Whistler, who you all thought was dead, didn't die, is a vampire, needs to be rescued, and now we're going to go do that. Right, but he also said he was hunting him. It was very confusing. I thought he was like, I thought the whole movie was going to be Blade trying to kill. I thought Whistler was going to be the main bad guy. No, that would be cool and interesting. I was like, and have that's conflict. Weird to bring him back, but if that's the conflict they're going for, it sounds sort of cool. But we were talking about his absent father figure, who's not mentioned at all in the first two of these movies. Two? Oh yeah, yeah. Like his actual. I, th- I thought you were talking about Whistler being the father figure. You no, know, yeah, no, no, exactly. No. We've never talked about Blade's father, father. So yeah. to have the second movie be Blade confronts. The, the evil version of his father figure would be of kind of a fascinating bookend to the yeah, first movie of, fun. you know, he confronted his, his undead mother's new incarnation as a vampire. In the second movie, his actual father figure. But that, that would be a really interesting choice. Yeah. And they were like, nope, Whistler's back and he's more whistling than ever. Yeah, it sucked. It's fucking dead. It sucked. No good. Bad, bad, not good. It was like, it all happened. So the opening, first of all, he didn't even acknowledge that he died in the first one. It wasn't like, I thought he was dead, but I found out later that he was still alive. It was like they turned him into a vampire. I'm like, wait, really? It's wacky they turned him shit. Into a, no way, he died in the first one. It's, right, and so just wrapping your head like around retcon, that. Like, strange, strange thing to retcon for a character that does almost nothing in this movie is like. No, he's grumpy and helps out. He helps out Blade and uh, he humps Blade. He helps him out. How did I miss that. You sick that would fuck. be fucking awesome. It'd be great if they fucked. He's like humped his leg. That'd be so good. I'm Doesn't bad. Chris? I think Chris I'm Elliott bad. does that in Scary Movie Four. <laughs> he does help someone's leg. Yeah, he does. Uh, those are the good yeah. old days, Craig Bierko. Um <laughs> I'm a Greek salad. Uh, so, um, right, this movie is is full of of fascinating questions. Um, I want to pose this one to you. Do you understand the plot of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do. I need your help with it because it's very simple. Okay. I don't understand why the vampires bring in Blade to help them only later to reveal was it a plot to kill his son or a plot to capture Blade or both? I think both. Okay. I, I'm giving I'm going to give the screenplay the ben- like the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I don't I think what it was was the vampires needed help in capturing 
The Reapers. The Reapers. Led by son of headband guy. as Blade or whoever says they're going to fuck us the first chance they get. So that was also in their in their little deck. Right. Which they do. Yeah. They do. And why'd they keep him alive? I don't know. I don't one, understand. That was the thing we didn't talk about in the first one. That tension of like needing to capture Blade alive was really good because yeah, va- like 17 vampires against an unarmed Blade is going to kill Blade. But like have needing to have capture him alive not only kept the plot going but also had some fun like that poor dude who keeps getting his arms chopped Quinn, off. Quinn, played with a great Danelle Logue. Yeah, they're like, why can't you just capture this guy? He's like, I mean, I could kill him if you wanted me to, but you want him alive, so it's hard. Quinn is basically the Andy of, of Blake. <sighs> yeah, he's our new Andy. He's our new he's Andy. Gone. Imagine a fucking team up of Andy and, and Quinn. We've already had, what was the other Andy we had recently? I'm trying to remember. Ah, fuck, I forgot. All these movies are, are just like a slurry, like a river of like processed meat in my but head. We, we have had an Andy recently, and it is nice when we feel that Andy energy. Yeah. Like third rate, not actor, but like, like you have your main... If you're supporting, then you have your like sort of middle middle supporting. Yeah, it's nice when you have like a beautiful middle support. You want character. a C list character who just gets to do cool shit like <sighs> drink punch, then dump it right back into the punch bowl. Like that a is fucking baller. Maybe my favorite moment from any of the movies we've watched. I liked when Danella goes, "I'm going to be a naughty vampire god or whatever," yes, and it's like this is sick. This too. energy rules. Yeah, and this yeah. movie, you know, again, we they're like it's like when he's eating pizza. Yeah, it's, it's like so the equivalent of Andy eating pizza. Is like, I'm, gonna be a, I'm gonna be a god. I'm gonna be a naughty vampire god. Like that's it's so fun. And this movie is like trying to be weird and quirky and fun, and in doing so, is suffocating and dull. So let's go by scene. Okay, I wanted to give it a. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the Wikipedia because I'm gonna right. forget the fucking. I want. Well, there are literally four scenes in this movie, so it's not gonna be that hard. I wanted to like it. And I think the opening scene where he breaks into that warehouse and the motorcycle, like, was, it looked like it. pretty good, but there were elements that I could already tell were problematic and indicative of a big problem in the movie. It was like following the 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 boomerang blade. That whole shit was, that was really like annoying. Fucking like so focused and detailed that it was distracting um but the like the way he shot people and the way they blew up and like the focus the camera angles i was like okay this fight scene is well choreographed and pretty okay and, and sort of uses cgi in a way that's good I'm, i might not hate this movie well here's my counterpoint yeah the beauty of blade is that when we first behold blade in the first movie mm. it's one of the best reveals maybe ever where this blood-soaked, terrified human crawls out of like a, a writhing orgy of, of of like keyed-up vampires, and yeah. we see these boots standing on the clean tile floor, and we look up, and it's Blade. Yeah. And even without knowing who he is for the first movie, you're like, oh, who is this fucking guy? Yeah, power. So for this movie to already launch into that, here's Blade doing Blade stuff. Right. I don't want that. I want to, you know, rather than. You know, I was thinking during the stupid voiceover part, I was like, this movie came out before the same level. Like, we're no one is watching Blade on Netflix for the four years between these two movies. So they right. clearly felt like, okay, we have to reintroduce this character. We'll do it in the most literal way possible and literally reintroduce him, yeah. which sucks. And, like, literally show... They didn't, they didn't even reshoot anything. They just, like, took... 
old film from the first movie. But they reversed the negativity on some of them to make them look cool. That's true. Yeah, pretty good. And they good. changed the color. Wow. Yes. In my mind, it's like, why not reintroduce him in a cool way where, again, we see someone stumble across an encounter between Blade and vampires. Like, to dive into the plot, to, to a plot like they did, to, to, to fast forward to, and now we're in the middle of a Blade adventure. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. I want to discover Blade again. That's, I mean... I could see it both ways. If it were done well, I don't think I need a new introduction to the character. I'm fine with him like just sort of picking up where the last one left off. Because I know him, especially we just watched the first one. I mean, that was cool, and that was a really great way. I think that's why the first one, that scene's so successful, because you enter it through the eyes of a confused human who like meets vampires and is like, what the fuck is going on? And then he finds this this uh, superhero that comes and saves his life but doesn't even care about him. It's a really great way to start a movie. And I'm trying to think of like how to start a sequel like this. Uh, what was, The opening scene was that really bad scene with the blood bank with Bonnie it, Well, we, we see the Reaper do yeah. his thing in the blood bank and then, and then we see, I'm Blade. You may remember me from Blade. And here I am yeah. saving Whistler. So, the, so he does the motorcycle bullshit. He saves Whistler, takes him back to his cave. And who's this? He's got a new sidekick, baby. Yeah. Boondock Saints fans. You're in luck. Guess what? Cool. Guess what? You it's got the worst you got the, the the worst brother. Yeah, the lamer one. You didn't get the cool one, you got the greasy one. They always look wet. And by they I mean Irish people. <laughs> yeah, just all over. It's Their weird. Hair, just the damp. skin. Anyway, so uh he's name's his name is Scud. Sure. And he smokes weed. So. Yeah, all the fucking time. He looks like Shaggy. Dresses like Shaggy. Yeah, I th- the cartoon character, not the popular R and B singer Shaggy. I did like uh, when he was offered a toke on the marijuana cigarette. Blade goes later. Later, I like that response. That was cool. It shows that he's down to have some fun every once in a while, but he's <laughs> it's in not the middle of something. It's not just the three M's. Yeah, when you're not doing metallurgy, you're not meditating, and you're not murdering vampires, you can smoke a little fucking dude. So it's the fourth M, marijuana. Marijuana. So he gives Whistler a shot, and Whistler is fine. He's fine. He's fine. He gives him an ultimatum. Oh, this, this occurs to me. You're not fine. But he's you know, fine. We're talking about the cure. We're talking about the person who made the cure. Surely, his his, his low-key love interest oh, right. in the first movie, oh my God. who developed the cure and decided to give up her life to stand by Blade in the battle against vampires Total and badass. become like a, a strong, independent woman in the series who has her own arc that's clearly defined and interesting, uh, is not mentioned in this movie. As there's no mention of her. It is as though she never existed. Mm-hmm. She's gone. That's cool. Gilmo. Just well, gone. Do you think Gilmo maybe just didn't have room because he had so many other like interesting women characters in his movie? Well, there's the one with pink hair who did, literally does not speak, and yeah, then the daughter said, of the, she says the name of her lover, Light, name. whose name is Lighthammer, which sucks. His name is Lighthammer. Yeah, that's not in the subtitles. Whoa. And then there's the daughter of the vampire lord who leads the blood pack or whatever, and and she's like. Why do you not like us? We are not so different, you and I. Daddy, why? I must help Blade. <laughs> it sucks. So she's fucking she's not shitty. An actor. I don't think she's an actor. Mm, I think no she was bad. actually that guy's daughter. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, so, no. I guess not. They, they did not replace the cool... Interesting... Doctor, whatever. Also, that we're losing a black character in a series that was like... That we talked a lot about in the first movie... It's have it's it's a '90s LA urban drama about a black man finding his way in the world. It's fascinating. Yeah, you know how to make that cool. There's so many ways that Guillermo del Toro decided to make this movie less cool, and the other way is setting it in fucking Europe, which sucks. Who gives a shit? It's not cool to be in Europe. No. Fun it, fact: 
Europe sucks. Europe sucks. Europe has is just garbage. Right. It's a wasteland. It's a shitty place. Oh, they geez. will slaughter each other for nothing. Okay. Anyways, bia bia bia. The uh, so the vampires send two of those guys from that Half Life warehouse level, mm-hmm. who go. They research shit. No, no, they run around with oh. their, their padded little feet. <laughs> and uh, this is where things get real weird. Where we we get some Guillermo del Toro stupid goggle bullshit. Yeah, and the, he starts cutting in CGI parts to the combat that it, looks floppy and weird, and is a real distraction. Ugh, it's the like fucking Star Star Wars prequels, Matrix sequels, just like rubber rubber guys it's a problem yeah and then but it's it's a problem because at least it's the matrix two and three like they only use it for crazy giant battles and i mean star wars also uses it just for jedi fights this is like literally them kicking each other and he decides to because there's one jump make the whole scene cgi well to me the thing about this movie is that the fight scene seems so belabored and self-important that in the first movie violence is this like throbbing undercurrent to the entire experience yeah, it's quick and and this it's like very showy very gaudy very flashy it just it doesn't have that same like again i hate to be a broken record but <laughs> in the first movie it's like you go to the beach what gets all of your clothes grit sand well grit with grit yeah, water. generally, generally grit. Ocean the water, salt, the dried salt. You got a lot of grit on your jeans. At the ocean? Yeah, it's a gritty place. Are you sure you've been to the ocean? Well, though it's wet, large, fish fucking it. I don't know if I'd call it grit. The experience is get this gunk. What about a quarry. Oh my what if god! You went to a quarry? Fine, find a quarry. Yeah, and you roll around, and you're definitely covered. In, you've never rolled around in a quarry. Is that is, is that I've, slang for something or no? Not just straight rolling around. In a it's quarry. fun, man. All right. <laughs> I once went to a quarry. It was like, wow, this looks cool. Two things from this episode. Europe sucks. Quarries. Fun. We drove in. Mm. Uh, We were taking pictures. We were like falling down the large hills of gravel. And then like three trucks leave. They see us. And then they move giant boulders, which that's their gate. There's no like lock. They just literally move boulders to block the entrance to their quarry. They could have told us that they were leaving, but they didn't do that. So we were, because we drove in, we got stuck inside the quarry. Do you live by the hill people? There were hill people. We Mm. got saved because the owner of the quarry lived in a house right next to the quarry. Did you trade three beans to get out of the quarry or something? We had no beans. No beans. He just was a nice quarry owner and moved the rocks for us. Remember when John Carter says beans? Yeah. The first thing on the list is beans. That's a great line. We didn't know that was the highlight of the movie. Yeah, that was the best line. Well, except for Tars Tarkas. Whatever. What is he, a Thark? He's a a Thark. He's the leader of the Tharks. He's the Jakob, the Tharks. Jakob, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Jedek. The Jedek. The Jedek. Oh man, I forgetting this link. I got to rewatch it. Yeah, we got to definitely time well spent. Okay, so the droopy, floopy people in ninja suits are messengers from the vampire lord. One of them is the cat guy from Red Dwarf, and one of them is his daughter, who is of course N- Nissa. N y s s a Nissa 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 Yeah Nissa. Uh, okay, they wait, go wait. to vampire headquarters in a helicopter, and they're like, "So, but this is the problem already." <laughs> So this is what I'm supposed to believe is that Blade, who in the last movie was also offered a truce with the vampires in order to do some bullshit, was like, 
fuck no, I'll even kill this kid. I'm so like, I don't want that. In this one, he's like, I mean, I don't know what you're offering, but sure. Try it out. Like, Why well, not? And then he's like, I'm covered in explosives. We'll blow him up. What? And it's like, this is you're stupid. kill yourself? That's, what the it just, fuck? He, starts, he does a very non-Blade thing, and it's dumb. Yeah. This is the sequel thing I'm talking about, where this is why people hate sequels. Yeah. Because it's... Instead of doubling down on the first movie, which would show confidence in in a in the, the beginning of a franchise, mm-hmm. they make a different, an entirely different movie. Yes, in such a manner that you have this like doppelganger effect of like, yes, I'm technically watching Blade do stuff. But I don't he's even not, know if I would go that far. It's not the Blade that we like doing cool Blade shit. Blade that we understand in this he's movie smart and calculating. Fifteen percent. I think fifteen percent. If we were to be mathematicians. And graph out the time Blade speaks and talks and fights, it would be like 10% of the movie. 90% of this movie is fucking people in suits and pink hair and Donnie Yen. Okay, I will will give you $50 if you could name uh, two members of the Blood Pack. By name? (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't name anybody. Okay, so Blade. uh, There's Lighthammer. (laughs) I told you that one already. Uh, And Ron Perlman. Donnie Yen? <laughs> Nissa. There's Nissa. Oh, give me those 50 clams. <laughs> I want them clams. <laughs> Gotta get them clams. You owe me 50, baby. You said the two I already told you. Yeah, you didn't have any rules. You just said no, that's two people. Bullshit. Of, yeah, fuck you. No, you're uh, cheating. There's Donnie Yen. What's his name? I don't know. Probably something racist coming from Gail Monroe. Surprisingly, no. No? Snowman, okay. which is just stupid. <laughs> wow. This movie sucks. Okay, he, so, no one ever calls him Snowman. Blade talks to the vampire that. lord, and the vampire is like, my friend, that. there is a new breed of vampires that will kill humans after they kill us. And Blade's like, yeah, okay, oh, we're teamwork for buddies now. The thing is, in the first one, they weren't precious humans. He does not give a fuck about the human race. Yeah. Th- that's the thing. This movie, the supposition in it is that Blade is operating for this larger goal, he is not. No. That's not what he does this for. We talked about it in the first movie at great length. So I can sort of see why he might. this might be a hard movie to write because the first movie was getting ve- uh, ven- revengeance? Revenge. I guess getting revenge, not getting vengeance. I think they both work. I'll, I'll say getting revenge mm. for what he thought was the death of his mother, trying to find the vampire that killed his mother. And there's a little twist. He finds out that the vampire that killed his mother is actually the vampire that is fucking his mother and he kills his mom and he kills the vampire that's fucking his mom so his drive is pretty much zeroed out at the end of the first movie so del toro and the the writer goyer Goyer. they could have in this movie given him a new purpose for which to be killing vampires which they sort of did they're like oh he needs to find whistler i was like all right fine that's his new purpose but then they got rid of that, and they didn't replace it with anything else. Well, they tried to with this elaborate scheme that is very nonsensical. No, but they replaced it with he cares about the human race, which, which he does not, not interesting care or about. Cool, but he also does Have not care humans? about the human race. Yeah. So it's just this bullshit. Where exa- again, it's like you know you hear these stories about like oh that wasn't supposed to be a Cloverfield movie, but you know they wanted to brand it that way, or it wasn't supposed to be a James Bond movie, but they decided to brand it. or like. This feels like, oh, this wasn't supposed to be a Blade. This wasn't the script to Blade 2, but because Blade was successful and we want to make a Blade 2, we'll just throw Blade in this script. But more to the point, 
the total lack of examination of Blade in this movie. Yeah. Taking him for granted as we have Blade, Blade's cool, here's him doing stuff. That's not what's interesting about Blade. No. And and it's crazy to me to like have this natural talent of of, of the magnetism of, of Wesley Snipes in this role that's so immediate and striking and cool. And just showing him doing cool shit is not Blade. No. It, it, it's such a waste. Also, it's, you have to show him doing cool shit. Like, not the, so let's go to this. Let's go to the scene. Okay, so the so, scene where we both lost interest. Yeah, when they go to the House of Pain. When they go to the House of Pain. Now here's the thing. You tell me and Charles that we're going to the House of Pain. We're like, where do we I'm sign like, up? Fucking stop on my nuts. Yeah, I already got kicked in the nuts today by a dog. It was really funny. I didn't even have to pay for it. No, it was great. Like well, saying, you did drive there. Yeah, you do true. pay for the upkeep of your about dogs. The expensive driving. Yeah, it's wear and tear in your vehicle. Sure There's the gas insurance. Um, all the doodads, knickknacks for the car. What are you talking about? Doodads, knickknacks. Wait, I have to pay for those? Well, you know that thing where you put your phone on the dashboard? You oh had to buy God, that thing. I did have to buy that thing. Right. And uh, a little thing to go on the cigarette lighter. Yeah. It doesn't even light my cigarettes anymore. No, you know the bumper sticker you have that says, don't like my driving, call white under each shit? Yeah. That wasn't free. <laughs> Who's buying all this shit? Oh, I am. Yeah, it's you. Fuck. That's how they get you. Should I buy a Bernie magnet? I got a... We can discover the wonders of Bernie Steely, which I love. Wait, what's a Steely? A Steely is the iconic Grateful Dead skull logo, but in the middle of it, it's, okay. it's Bernie Sanders. And it says, instead of the, the iconic lyric, we can discover the wonders of nature, which is Bob, we were talking about sex in a dorky way, that's replaced with, we can discover the wonders of Bernie. And in, and Bernie's in the middle of the skull, which is also Bob Weir's way of talking about sex. <laughs> yeah, baby, gonna fuck Bernie, laying down that Bernie. Do you think dick. in the full communist methodology uh, of his thinking, everyone gets to fuck Bernie? Yeah, no, that's mandatory. <laughs> we will all fuck me, President Sanders. Fuck me, I am a complete pig. <laughs> but we all get a chance. Everyone gets to fuck Bernie. Everyone gets to fuck Bernie. Good stuff. Okay, so the vampire team has a stupid plan. The vampire squad is dumb. It's made of They're called the what? The Blood Boys? The Blood Pack. Something. And, and their shit. whole thing is their job, the Blood Pack. Their job, the Blood Boys is good. I think that's a band. Their their job is to kill uh, Blade, and now he's their, he's their uncomfortable friend. Ooh, what a twist. So we get Ron Perlman, we get Donnie Yen. I was like, oh shit, that's Donnie Yen. I love Donnie Yen. I mean, Donnie Yen is handsome, powerful, attractive, and talented. Oh shit, they're going to the House of Pain. They're going to get into a big fight at the House of Pain. That's cool. Oh my God, Donnie Yen's going to be fucking great. Fun fact, that's his one action scene in the movie. Think about that. Oh, wait. Think about how... That's it. He dies. So... Think about this. The action scene is... We don't even see him die. So there's... That's Nis- how bad it there's is. There's Nyssa, mm-hmm. and there's Ron Perlman, there's Chud. Oh, Chud. Right? Scud? Chud? Scud. No, who's, no, the guy, Scud. who's the guy with the big gun? Oh, it's not Chud. Sure? Uh, let me look up the Wikipedia article. Okay. There's... Chud, there's the guy from Red Dwarf. I think there's Reinhardt, Chupa. 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 Snowman, Verlaine. This sucks. <laughs> this is some dumb bullshit. Like, we don't need, I don't want to meet literally half a dozen other people. <laughs> I want to hang out with Blade. Like, am I crazy? But, the, and then you not only don't, well, I was like, I would be okay with meeting a half dozen other people if they were two cool things. with Blade. <laughs> if Blade still got to do shit and they were cool. Unfortunately, the scene we're talking about, the House of Pain, Blade is almost not in it. It's crazy, and everyone else is boring. And like, literally, the whole scene is them shooting at vampires that are immune okay. to bullets. But you're also you're missing the point that I was trying to make it a second ago. Okay, 
their plan is we'll go to the place where lots of vampires hang out and maybe there will be reapers there possibly yeah and as a watcher you're like oh well i mean i guess i mean i guess they they have to be there right i mean like like what is what is this like why like as a plot device we're going to go to this place and poke around until we might stumble. It's like, well, it's no, we, no it's a, I'm the watching a movie. I know they're going to be there. Why do this weird coy thing of like, so then they try to do this thing, which is sort of admirable if it works, but it doesn't. Where Del Toro tries to, we, we're following everyone. It's jumping around. It's very Inexplicably bad. between everyone's little jaunt around the House of Pain, which looks like the fucking Matrix house. <laughs> Plus the two stupid. humans who are outside. Yeah, Whistler and, and, and Scud in the, in the van. Uh, and There's so many problems with this scene. This is like supposed to be the big scene in the movie. Well, it's, it's the big set piece of the, of the center of the movie, basically. It's the biggest letdown. And what we get instead is the manner in which it's put together grinds the momentum of every individual sub-thread into a halt. We forget who's doing what, where, and why. Everyone's just in like a different general environment. Lighthammer guy is in like a kitchen area. Mm -hmm. Um, Nissa and someone else are just like in in a a matrix matrix house. house. Yeah. One of them's like it just, and then so you're like, wait, what's happening? Where? And then every the what? I already forgot his name. Chato? No. Chupa. Chupa. Chupa and. Uh, Assad the cat man I think yeah, are on the dance floor man. and they're the, dance the dance isn't floor. sexy or cool no, there's sort all... of cool stuff where they're like torturing each other for fun on the, on the, on the sides of yeah, it they're but all it's... getting tattoos and like spinal infusions and... And, like, and like skinning each other which is yeah. sort of which would be cool if like if, if uh, the other PTA who did Event Horizon did that it'd be fucking like ups- I'd be, yeah, pe- but pe- be puking but it's you can, boring you can just see Del Toro's cum so on shitty. set on every one of those like oh wouldn't it be fucking cool if her spine was showing get me that Get me a spine. Show me that spine. And he like literally Give me that spine. That spine open. Yeah, not good. Anyways, so then when he flicks the dominoes and all these things start to play out, it's disjointed, boring, not that cool. And you're just like, wait, what the fuck? Where and when is any of this happening in relation to everything else? Yeah. And let's compare that to the scene in the first one when uh, they're setting up for the the big entrance of the, the blood whirlwind god and blade confronting his mother we have two story elements that we have to keep track of and the cutting is so well paralleled that it's like almost one scene and you can feel how the one moment upstairs is really related to the moment downstairs and then when they connect it's like wow that was really great filmmaking right both deacon frost and blade are confronting the ultimate psychological challenges in their life the forces that make them feel othered and feel them out of control, they're going to f- fundamentally alter their relationship to those forces. And it's like, this makes sense. Yeah. And then this movie is, they're all creepy crawling around the big house. Yeah. Oh, and some of them are on the dance floor. And oh, it's it's, fucking it's, oh what's this? Truly oh, wait, lame. Weird. It's been 10 minutes. Nothing's happened. Why are we still watching six different characters? Oh, wait. This is my favorite part. Whistler vanishes. And okay, and fun fact: we don't see what he did. <laughs> okay, and then there's, it's oh, just wait, so that's supposed to cast like, oh, maybe he's a vampire still. Was that, that was, the, was that that attempt? Because that I was think terrible. So. I didn't even catch that. Right. That's how poorly it was telegraphed. Yeah. 
Oh, then of course, lest we forget later, a little uh, Chekhov's head exploder, uh, friggin' Blade's a wild guy, and, he, and Ron Perlman's like, you fucking piece of shit, I want to fucking kill you right now, and Blade's like, try me, asshole, and puts a bomb on the back of his head. It's like, I'm gonna blow your fucking head off if I fucking want to. Which was the relatable part of the movie for me. Yeah, I was like begging for something to blow my head off. I was like, and oh god, I remember every time someone's... So yes, that'll come back later. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, they do all this dumb bullshit, and like they they they're trying the bolts and the reapers. It's not working. They're like, quick, do the bolt thing more. And then they find out the UV light does work on them. And here's the problem: we have seen in these movies that the UV light is a regular part of their arsenal that they've been using and understand the effect of and have the capability to do. So then they make these grenades that do it, but they, they because it's such an easy, simple solution to the problem, they have to find ways to make that not the only logical thing to do until the most critical possible moment, which makes you feel well, like a fucking asshole because you just know they can just flip a switch. And then when they is, do, you're like, well, this is dumb. Why, this did we, why, why did we wait? As the leader of the Blood Gang. The Blood Pack. Please respect the Blood Pack. Pack. Blood Pack? blood pack uh blade should just been like well light's the big thing here so let's use light and then uh ron perlman would be like uh dude i'm a fucking vampire that would kill me too he's like oh well then just stay home i fucking got this we don't need these fucking guys yeah so it just is like this weird limitation like and then yeah they just make they have to make bombs that don't actually like they make light work like fire for no. It, it, that's it's crazy. And then here's the other thing that drives me crazy. You pointed this out, and then it was true for other things in the movie. Different people die in different ways that are inconsistent, that are really irritating. So as yeah. you pointed out, in the House of Pain, like a handful of Reapers cause a whole mess of problems. Yeah, there's four of them. When later they go into the sewers to fight the Reapers, there's, there's hundreds, billions of them. of them, and they're mowing them down with bullets, which don't work theoretically. Like based on the 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 balance of power we saw in the House of Pain, the Reapers should have been flossing with their tendons by the end of that fucking scene. Yeah, and they're not. They're like rats. They're useless. Yeah, it's super annoying. It sucks. Like it's later like... in the movie, when key vampires die, they get their own weird deaths <laughs> that are obviously physiologically at opposition to every other vampire. In every other part of the movie. Yeah, we learn very specifically that the Reapers only transmit the toxin through their little sucker. Through the alien thing that they do. The but then opening. the big bad vampire dies because at this basically a human bite, he bites a chunk out of his throat. And then like blue ooze pours out But he out doesn't of use the vampire toxin, so it's just like a flesh wound that and, should have easily healed. And, and here's the problem. What you're also alluding to is what we're not even talking about, which is so nuts. There's so much – there's a whole autopsy scene that is stupid. Oh, God, but they, they go out of their way to teach us the elaborate anatomy of these stupid Reapers that are fucking suck and look shitty. And you can tell Guillermo just loves this dumb bullshit. He loves uh, monsters. Did he fuck that little hole? Probably fuck that the little fuck hole. Little, like, he sucks. The fuck that hole was. It, it's like – you know, we often talk about this, but the thing that works about Philip K. Dick as a sci-fi author – is that it doesn't really matter what the spaceships look like. Oh, yeah. He's like... He's my kind of writer. They're we- they're little fucking ships, and they fly the ships. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who gives a shit? It's a fucking spaceship. Right. Because he's like... like I, I, I understand this genre. I know what what, I, what I'm going to talk about is not about the, the needlessly you know complex technology behind it. It's not the point of this. No. The idea of the story is what I'm telling. It doesn't matter 
how the monsters work. Right. With a vampire movie, the whole idea is being enslaved to something, losing control, having your body have a thirst you can't quench. These are ideas that psychologically are compelling. Yeah. To to have a scene where to explain why the new guys are worse than the other guys, there has to be a technical explanation with a goddamn like PowerPoint, which is is insane, undermined in every scene. Right. So Del Toro, this is the thing we're talking about. We're like, in a good movie, flaws like this don't matter because they don't really come up in the same way. It's not that they don't matter because the movie's better. It's because these sorts of flaws are unimportant in a movie that doesn't go out of its way to explain how things work. So then you're like, wait, well, if you go to that extreme to tell me how things are working, all I'm going to notice are the ways that that doesn't work. I'm like, well, why the fuck? And in this case, when we're literally going through an autopsy showing how every single component of the Reaper's face operates... (laughs) Because at the end of the movie, you should not be left being like, "Wait, why did I? Why do I know that?" <laughs> like, you shouldn't walk away with that. Wait, I know exactly what their fucking intestines and colon looks like. I know. Okay, so like in John Carter, it's charming that everyone's motivations are completely inscrutable because it's such dog shit that you're like, "Thank God I don't understand what's yes, going on. This is so stupid." To. In this movie, it's like, wait, we spent like five minutes on how their inner tooth dispenses of poison and the goo does, it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> who gives a shit no one cares del toro does he's what a, a loser what a dumb fucking he's loser. on the fuck off list he's he on a different so list bad. he should be on the i don't know he should go to jail all right I, I, I don't believe in jail i think all jail should be disbanded but i think jail should exist for cultural crimes i'm okay a, we just gotta tr- this is sucks i hate this so much <laughs> okay so <sighs> Uh, let's just get to the end. Um, the the big a lot vamp- of dumb bullshit happens. The big I, I want to point out the big vampire. This happens in the movie. They capture Blade for some reason. The big vampire explains his master plan to Blade, and then the daughter goes, "Wait!" So he, the big vampire is like, "I made him." I'm trying to make of a- the the head reaper. Sorry. Please include more content in your descriptions. Sorry. The big bad vampire is like, I made the original Reaper attempting to create a better race of vampires that are like that don't have these limitations and weaknesses. And he literally is like, yeah, it's like I'm his father or something. Yeah. He's like, I just I made this guy. He didn't turn out great. I want to kill him. But I have other ones. and I'm going to try better ones. And then the daughter's like, but how did how did he get this ring of our family? He's like, literally, the the line is. Well, I, I thought that would be obvious by now. I gave it to him. I fucking gave it to him because I made him. Right. How else would that have happened? <laughs> it's like, wait. And it just shows like how low, they, they had he, such he little faith in this story that they need to like laminate every fucking moment. It's crazy. Then there's, then we didn't even talk, we have to talk about this a little bit. Blade wakes up being captured of the vampires and then we are entreated to literally straight exposition for an yeah. entire scene yeah. where Whistler goes... Well, they tricked us, and now we're captured. We've got to do this now. It's Scott's Wait, no, like, it's where where are we? Well, we must be in a chamber somewhere. Yeah, Whistler's like, just the most what? useless bullshit. We're in a chamber. Remember when Whistler was cool? Yeah, Ugh, that's forever Fuck. ago. Remember when, uh, when they Scott did mention him that he's his father figure, and in this one, they're like literally a line that says, "Well, you just sort of like a father figure too." Good stuff. 
uh, and then fucking Scud is like full Admiral Hux. I was the I was the spy, and then dies <laughs> Why? It, like instantly. I don't know. No, no, this is he's like I'd rather be a pet than cattle. Like they're gonna rule the world, man. It's like oh, so this guy he was like. He just sucks. Okay. So all the time we spent getting to know him and his interactions with Whistler, all of his time, like, all of that was just nothing. It was just nothing. Yeah. It was a convenience and it's nothing. And I think that's why they showed Whistler vanish during that one scene because they wanted us to think that he was – but they don't give us any – like, if there's a scene like, oh, there's a fucking mole – how are the Reapers getting information? They don't even do that. So, like, what's – who cares? I guess, like, you know, I think about – the first movie we talked a lot, I think it's like Resident Evil or Metal Gear Solid vibe. And this shit, that's gone. Oh, All yeah. that intrigue and sophistication is gone. And it's replaced with the most like idiotic knee-jerk pot points that are so stupid. And then, okay, so, and then Blade's like, gonna blow up Ron Perlman's head. And you're like, oh, finally, someone's head's gonna blow up. This could be okay. <laughs> and then Ron Perlman's like, nope, it's fake. And Scud's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a turncoat, motherfucker. It's fake. And then, and then, and maybe the dumbest moment of the entire movie, which is saying something, Blade goes, no, I knew you were a mole. And again, it's a whole subplot that they're just summarizing in like one exchange. He goes, yeah. it does work. Even though he pressed it before and it didn't work. So right? here's the trick thing. press. He then he blows up Scud, and there's chunks of Scud to, everywhere. Chud skunks. He chooses to not kill the person that dies by Scud. I said soul. Chud skunks. I meant Scud chunks. <laughs> That's a funny thing to say anyway. Scud chunks. Scud chunks barely registers. Chunk skunks. Chunk skunks. Skunk skunks. This is melting my so brain. So he has, he has the choice to, because he knows it's a fake bomb, but he turned into a real bomb. He has the choice to kill the thing that can only be killed by sunlight and silver with a silver bomb. Or kill a human being which he can literally kill with one punch kill the dude with in, the silver bomb in cargo pants <laughs> with a hoodie on or ron perlman the guy with a shotgun and body armor he's like hmm, and who is a vampire right but of course this movie being what it is like well no he, they have to have a fight later so right. let's let's blow up scud who again i think the trick of it was me and then instantly dispatching that character <laughs> it just shows that there were no stakes there right there was nothing to investigate there was no content to that no one it was just it convenient anyway. it was so stupid yeah oh god do you think whistler's gonna come back for number three i hope not i don't know what to expect at this point because now I goyer directed and wrote the third one hmm. i was saving that one to, for the end of this episode hmm. yeah interesting I, I gotta tell you i gotta ask the big q is it time i can i start this time yeah let me ask you it's about that time to ask the big Q. So tell me, Josh. Yes. Are yes. You? I almost never, on this show, I want to say to date, I am game for a lot of bad shit. Yeah. I really enjoy it. You are. You put me through scary movies one, two, three, four, and five. This was in many ways, well, five doesn't even count as a thing. Five is like a minus thing. Five is like a vacant void in, in my life. You still put me through whatever it is that we did, but that's all right. There were a lot of made jokes at the end of the day. You know, maid about the Latina maid. Yeah, she was like that was like two thirds of the movie. Should have been second bill. Yeah, she did a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, I, honestly, <sighs> the the racist joke where she sleeps in the form of a cross was a pretty amazing visual stunt. That was funny. Yeah, the the, the mirroring of the yeah, yeah the okay. visual stunt of her uh, in her spare time, you know, just hitting pinatas and 
and sleeping uh, with a vacuum, which she later yeah. marries. It's implied. Uh, good stuff. Can I just well, just just to pause and, and pull the camera back for a minute? We're now in in like minute fifty of our Blade Two review, and we are recounting the good parts of Scary Movie Five <laughs> and the bad parts. That's true. We're just desperate to talk about something. I'm saying when will it end? Because I liked Blade. Blade was my friend. Blade was cool. Blade would have shot me to kill a vampire. Can that I admit was cool. something? What I almost said it last episode. Really. This is- but I was willing to admit that maybe it would be okay. But this was my fear. That Del Toro would take over. We would lose everything that was good about Blade. And now I'm like, even if Blade Trinity is good, it's like it's fucking like Terminator. Yeah. You're going to have to fucking either try so hard to undo what Blade 2 did or continue in the path that Blade 2 created. We need a Blade 4, mm, really. Well, we're technically speaking getting a Blade 4 in the a Blade form of zero Blade or whatever. 0, which yeah. is fine. Here's the thing. This movie drove me crazy because, do you remember that one part where they take us back to the visual palette of Blade 1 for one scene? They go back to the blue for one scene? I don't know. I don't. And you're like, oh, this is so nice. This is the Blade <laughs> I remember. And then it's back to like the ugliest looking movie. What was the it dominant like color shit. here? Like yellow or orange red. or some shit? But like shitty red, not cool red, like vermilion, no. yeah, like, I, like a, a like a garish red. I mean, I've seen enough uh, Refn movies to like know when someone understands how to use like light filters or whatever. I don't know what it does, but like when someone wants it to look red, Refn uses people that like makes it look really cool. And like changes in colors, like this looks like they were just like sitting in a in a heat lamp. Yeah, absolutely. Like, waiting for the scene to end because they're frying. It was ugly as fuck. Okay, okay, then the end of the movie is also a fucking disaster. Where... Oh yeah, so we go back from zombies being totally immune to bullets to a scene where they are completely destroyed by bullets to one man being able to take over an entire base with yeah, the, guns. the head reaper infiltrates this is i hate even talking about this <laughs> he finds a way to just charge through ranks and ranks and ranks of, of guys with guns and it's stupid and there's like suddenly no more reapers and just him or something it makes no i couldn't even i lost the thread in the reapers yeah they entirely. killed all the reapers in the sewers that's stupid yeah isn't that cool it's that's like a full in, uh, batman yeah. <laughs> fucking god where are all the cops this is like a, like a playing the hits of the worst sequels out there the worst yeah. franchise films it really is this is in there. It's yeah, really one of the worst very frustrating. To go from like, I would give Blade a 9.5 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I gave and, it a four and a half out of five. Right. And I'd say, yeah. you've already letterboxed it? Yeah, man. I do it as soon as I do it. This is a straight up like one and a half generation. I gave it a half. Wow. This not only ruined the first movie. It didn't ruin the first movie, but it ruined the path of a, what the first movie offered to me. Well, because it's like the vibe that Guillermo has is like, isn't this cool? Yeah. And it's like, no. The whole point of one is how agonizing his life is. Yeah. It's about the pain of being Blade. But they don't even say it. They just show you it. Yeah. Through his actions. His violence has purpose. If only to him, it still has purpose. And in this movie, nothing has any purpose. Mm. It's pathetic. So bad. Uh yeah, I, I give this a half. I would give it a zero because to me this is less than. Well, I would never watch it again. Easy, never watch it no. again. No, there's nothing redeemable. I don't recommend anyone spend any time. This is like Alien it. Resurrection status of like not even fun. It's hard to get through. I would put it as Aliens status. I think mm-hmm. it's much more comparable to Aliens. Aliens, the the things that happen in Aliens that you hate, I understand. But I also like the movie Aliens. I think it's... That's insane. I think as you, a when sequel... When was the last time you fucking watched it? That's insane to say that you like aliens. It's not insane. When was the last time you watched it? A couple of years ago. 
Yeah. We watched it together for uh, with the real deal with Josh and Charles. Yeah. Available well, on podcasts or downloaded. We already talked about this. We watched so it if, I, if I entered your sphere of domination. Yes. What did, what did Steve Jobs call it? Like the, like the temporal distortions? <laughs> I know, iPod. iPod. 10,000 songs. I'm going to put 10,000 songs in your pocket. Yeah. we got to make Jobs too. But he joins a gang, like a team of super tech disruptors. Yeah. That'd be so tight. Yeah, but he doesn't really get to do very much because they're much more important than him. Yeah. You know, watching all these movies makes me realize that Jobs really is one of my favorite movies of the deck of the teens. Yeah. I love, a, the, I love the movie Jobs. It is a movie that brings me great delight. Because <laughs> you watch movies like this where clearly it's just an excuse to try to flood it with effects and and stunts and tricks and that are intestines just feel like getting yelled at or it's like, it's just like not bones. fun it's it's exhausting whoa this fucking th- it's got a bone over its whole heart and except then he, for this little part where it doesn't have bone that shit sucked i hate that explanation explaining the weak point in the monster is i hate it's so yeah. lazy I shouldn't need to like. I shouldn't need to understand the physics of how he beats them. That is why vampires are good story devices right. because they have things, very easy, memorable things that kill them. To finish my thought, okay. The reason, in stark relief to all of this, you watch Jobs, and Ashton Kutcher is like, "I'm playing the guy who made the iPod. That's pretty cool." <laughs> Therefore, I'm pretty cool. He's like, "This is." It's good. He's just like, Steve Jobs was quirky, but good. <laughs> it's important we all understand that. One of the reasons he was good was he made a lot of speeches and he wore blue jeans. Guys, That's we good. can't think like other people. We've got to make the iPod. <laughs> and there's like a beautiful quality to that. Yeah. Like, it's just so charming that there's a movie out there where you're watching a fucking absolute ass over heels moron to make this like fawning depiction of an absolute tyrant psychopath and then you watch this movie where it's like you're working so hard to serve me but played yeah. nothing zero Ugh. you walk away from this with nothing and then the nissa dies because her brother bit her and then for whatever reason you think blade might ally with the reapers but no they've got to do another fight and the fight sucks like all the fights in this movie yeah and it's boring and then she's got to see the sun before she dies because it's some corny oh, bullshit fuck and okay, you talked about this. Talk about unfair shit. Many people become reapers very quickly, but when the guy in the yeah. squad becomes a reaper, it takes quite a while. Ooh. So it's a big surprise later. And by the way, do we see his transformation? No. No. Do we see any of them transform? No. When they kill Donnie Yen, do we see Donnie die? No. We're led to believe Donnie Yen dies just... like an absolute fucking loser. Yeah. And that sucks. But also, wouldn't he have just turned? Like, that's bullshit. Donnie Yen... This is the crime in the movie. You you cast Donnie in, you give him one kick, like he should have been that fucking House of Pain scene. It should have been Blade and Donnie N kicking ass. Yeah, the House of Pain is the biggest missed opportunity, and, and it's the bellwether for what's to come. Yeah. Even after the voiceover, I was like, okay, maybe there's still a way this can rally. And so the second they take us to like the cool Euro version of the dance club, and it sucks. It's like this sucks. So who who direct? So Goyer. Directs three. It's got Ryan Reynolds, the great Ryan Reynolds. Uh, does it? Can you check if it has Kristoff? Who's Kristoff? Chris Kristoff? Who's Kristoff? Uh, Was that really that difficult? His, to... his name is either is not Kristoff. It's Chris Kristoff. Yeah, I'm shortening because I'm cool guy. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I'm way more excited about first. that than Blade Three. Uh, we're we're so close to being done. Um, 
Well, Parker Posey's in it. That's cool. That's fun. Hey, Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds is on the team. Wow. They're rogue vampire hunters. That sounds wild. Ooh. It actually sounds fun. Uh, I'm not seeing... No, Chris Crowley. No, okay, he's in it. He's in it. Sleep easy. I don't want him in it. Oh, Dominic Purcell from Prison Break is in it. The big guy. The big fella. Not the movie. The show. The the show, which, by the way, season one fucking rules. I've heard it's good. It's really good. I keep thinking you're talking... Everyone's talking about the Schwarzenegger... Stallone movie. No, you loved that. I haven't seen it yet. It's really good. Natasha Leone is in this. Patton Oswalt. Dios mios. Michael John Higgins. I like him. Triple H, the wrestler. Wow. All right. I'm wondering if this is the kind of thing we experience where everyone hates the third movie and we're like, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be better than this one. So I suppose so. It can't get worse. I would say that genuinely the worst thing about the movie is how it looks. I hated looking at it. Uh, and going from the first movie to the second movie, if this was at least cool looking, I could have swallowed some of how I, poor uh, the plot is. But Maybe I have different tastes, but to me, the worst part of this movie was the complete destruction of the character Blade. When you put it like that, it does sound bad. It's, it's not good. Yeah. So I would have taken an ugly movie where at least Blade was intact, had 80% of the story and what he was going through as a vampire man. Right. Uh, well, no, we talked about other versions of this that might be cool. Another idea I had was maybe Blade's carrying out an investigation where he keeps brushing up against the mm, team of elite vampires doing their own investigation. Sort of like there the bad ways, boys. Right, to give him plenty of space to be Blade and do his own thing. Yeah. I want to see Blade do a full investigation. I want to see Blade explore Europe and kill Europeans. Sure. But this compromise in the middle where he becomes one of seven or eight is fucking dummy. It's dumb. You can't have that many people on a team. So so the idea of the movie is more bigger but less played, which and is stupid. Play Trinity's got three. Right. So maybe that's a step in the right direction. I think it's we're I think uh it's gonna be okay. I'm hoping it's okay. <laughs> Our expectations are now at this point where we're praying that Blade Three is okay. <laughs> we're praying. We're praying. I get down on my knees. I'm I get go down to my knees and church pray. tomorrow. Take me to church. You roast it today is Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't church open all the time? I think I don't know. Wait, are synagogues open every day? Um, synagogues are. I mean, I don't think you you get everything all the time, but you know. Do you? Did Jews have prayer in the same way that goys do? He, he, what are you talking about? I just don't know. Is like prayer a part of Jewish? Yes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of prayer. I'm just asking. Okay. Yes. I'm not Jews, trying to belittle your faith. I'm just like I don't pray. know about your faith in some ways. Can I? Can I just close this episode with one thing? Is it a review on IVB? Mars. So you name it and think that you know it. The red planet, no air, no life. But you do not know Mars, for its true name is Varsoom. <laughs> and it is not airless, nor is it dead, but it is dying. The saves of Tanga son of that. That's how you start That's a movie. That's how you start a fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy next week we're uh, gonna do Blade Trinity when I saw you jump <laughs> the first time yeah mm-hmm. yeah jump jump man Why are, how is Willem Dafoe not in these movies and the Blade movies he's... look at the fucking guy cast him as vampire anything yeah yeah he's fine dude he was in Boondock Saints mm. that was my first time seeing Willem really yeah it was in Boondock Saints I think there was and a he... fire. He was fucking crazy in that movie. Yeah.
Well, anyways, as always, Tars Tark is forever. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, it's not Mars. It's called Barsoom. <laughs> That's true. And uh, the Confederacy will live on in space for a thousand <laughs> years if John Carter has anything to say about it. Yeah. What a what an American boy. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs>